Hello, is everyone there? Well, yeah, we just don't want to respond. Oh, wow, okay. Well, you will be the first girls not to respond to me, so that's fine. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Intel vibes, sorry. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn, so I thought I was going to go. Fine. I'm sorry. At first, I was going to be like sympathetic, but then I was like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. You remember that I was a man, and you're like, no. Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, you don't deserve Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast, a podcast about celebrating female-directed movies and female directors. Please, please, hold your applause. Today, we're going to be talking about two of such movies, Maggie Gyllenhaal's The Lost Daughter and Rebecca Hall's Passing. Then later, we'll highlight some other female-directed movies that we think you guys should check out. And joining me today, I'm so tired of them calling me such a fine ally. Hmm. And a hero for the movement. What? It's Somto and Haja. How's everyone doing today? Well, first right. of all, why are you lying? You know <laughs> you like, said it. Good. It's fine. It was off air. It wasn't right. You guys were like, I'm so happy you're doing this episode. You guys, you're really an ally. And it's fine. That's, you know what? Not all heroes wear capes. And that's fine. That's fine. Let's talk about... Bankale is balding, guys. That's why he's overcompensating. <laughs> he's balding. He's balding. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> he's balding. So As, you guys should support the Patreon of this podcast because he needs a hair transplant. And that's what he gets for pretending to be an ally to women. I don't think I'm putting that in the podcast. I think I'm editing that out, you know? It's like, I control so what goes on. You feel like you can just start the podcast lying. And, and silencing women. Yes. Literally, you want to silence women. Yes. This is what we're talking about. This, this is my this is my avenue. This is, I choose what goes on this here. This is what men This do, is my Fox News. Honestly, it's unacceptable. You know what? This is just like, this is my little corner of the patriarchy. This is where I, I get to. Anyways. You think you rule the world. You don't. I rule... <laughs> You said that with like such a straight face, like like you don't like. Anyway, okay. Um, this is the first time both of you are on this podcast together, Sumto, ah. from our bow type episodes and all that. Yes. Do you remember when bow type was on and we we're like so excited for the final season? It was season? amazing, and then the final season wasn't amazing, but yeah. And obviously, Haja from Downtime Haja podcast. Thank you. Remember, I remember when you first came here. It was talking about promising young woman. Oh, another female-directed film. That was a film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told you guys something. So, it was on, I think, HBO, Amazon. And it was free when it first came out on whatever platform it actually was. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I didn't watch it. And then it went away. And then I paid for it. Like, so I actually bought it. Yeah. Or, like, rented it, whatever. Mm-hmm. For, like, 30 days. And then the 30 days passed. And somehow I still didn't watch it. So like, you still I don't know what's wrong it. with me, but I still haven't watched it. Don't. Y- yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> don't. I mean, we were not really like, hit that. <laughs> we weren't really like fans of the movie. Don't. Don't. No, no, I don't think you, you should. You know what? I think you should watch it. I think you should watch it I because lots of people seem it. to like it. So just we might be wrong. Just for the sake of watching it, just to say you have, mm-hmm. watch it. 
but I, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, so go watch Promising Young Woman and go listen to our episode. And maybe, I don't know, lots of people seem to like it and maybe we just have different tastes. I don't know. Um, but that's not what we're mm. talking about today. We're talking about two very interesting movies on Netflix directed by women. And then we'll talk about some other female directed movies because you know what? We want to highlight that stuff. But before we get into all that... That stuff? Great. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> um, some quick admin. So um, the downtime with Haja podcast. Haja's own podcast is now a part of the Podstar Podcast Network. So Ooh. now instead of competing with each other, we're just competing for the love of our bosses, Adora <laughs> and Morad. So. Um, on that note, if you're listening to this episode and you like what you hear, please follow us on whatever platform you listen to and please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you know what? Because I'm like such a good guy, trademark, you can do that for downtime with Hadja as well because she's putting out good stuff she has episodes on euphoria season two so depending on your thoughts on that season maybe you can go and check out what she's done and she obviously went through succession like we did as well yes so check out her podcast on every platform i believe yes can i also just do a quick thing i'm also going to be doing back what i was doing when i started in the pandemic which is just little tiny discussions with some of my friends about classic movies or foreign movies i think i'm going to talk about drive my car um very very soon um can you tease some classic movies you're going to do and i'm also going to talk about the age of innocence which i it's martin scorsese um i really enjoyed rewatching that so i'm going to do that as well i'm also going to do casablanca and some hitchcock oh, so wow. you know um and some other just you know interesting films um, some Agne Vardas, people who like French cinema. So, you know, if you're interested in that type of thing, please follow my podcast. Yeah. If you ever thought, like, listening to Obiara and Ibukan or myself talking on this podcast, like, these guys are incredibly low IQ or low brow, please go to Hatter's <laughs> podcast because I listen to Hatter's podcast with Wikipedia by my side and Google. Like, yeah, that is, she's a, that she's a is very good podcast. That is not true. My podcast is very A very smart podcast. Even if you don't have funny. Wikipedia, you'll understand what I'm saying. Please. Yeah, but well, Wikipedia helps. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so please go on that podcast and just, yeah, support. Returning listeners on this podcast will know that we're currently going through movie season. So I've had some friends over to talk about some of our favorite movies from last year. We've spoken about Don't Look Up and we did a Leo ranking. We spoke about Nightmare Alley. We did a Bradley Cooper ranking. We spoke about the musicals of last year. We had a fight about what the best high school musical movie is. And I don't want to hear some thoughts on this. It's because, high school musical. Uh, it's the first one. You're wrong. You brought it up because you wanted me to say something. Haja, what is yours? I haven't listened to that episode yet, but I think the second is the best one. Thank you. This is someone we taste. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just don't understand. I would accept one. I just don't accept three at all. It's definitely not three. Oh, it's definitely yeah. not three. I would, but I would, it is I can, one. But I still think two is the best. Anyways, um, we've spoken about, like I said, musicals, In the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story. We spoke about Dune. We had a big episode on Dune. Um, and last week we spoke... And you had only men on it. Sorry. Yeah, because, you know, reasons. <laughs> Hashtag ally. Um, yeah, and we have some very fun ideas coming up in the next few weeks. I hope you guys will enjoy all culminating in Obiara and I recording at 5 a.m. after the Oscars, talking about what we just saw. So please, I don't know, listen to that and listen to us. But for now, let's get to the meat of the episode, midly after this break. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, all joking aside, female-directed movies are still a very, like, 
underrepresented or under spoken about section of movies not really a genre so i just thought we could tell you with the couple of movies that came out last year we could talk about some of the ones that we liked and then obviously recommend some more to listeners of this podcast i mean it's not a big platform but it's a platform so hopefully they go watch some of those and yeah we get more female director movies and more voices because that's always a good thing anyway so the first of two netflix films that we're going to talk about is the lost daughter which is written and directed by maggie gillinghall it's starring olivia coleman jesse buckley dakota johnson ed harris paul mescal and dagmara dominic mm-hmm. our lovely carolina from succession mm-hmm. um Olivia Coleman plays a woman whose obsession with a young mother, played by Dakota Johnson, and her daughter brings back some memories from her, her early motherhood. What are you guys' thoughts on this film? I'll start with you some too. Sorry, I should say that we're going to start with non-spoilery discussion, and mm-hmm. then we will go to spoilers later if you guys want. So, Sumter, what do you think of this film? I thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all... Honestly, the theme of this movie was like tension. There was so much tension on mm-hmm. screen, like in Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman's body, in the interactions with other people, just like everything. It was mm-hmm. like discomfort, and I think that that was so good. Um, I love Jess Buckley's performance, and just like her part of the movie where it was like, it's almost like I hate to say this, but it's when like a woman acts like a man, where like you're just doing whatever the fuck you want. Um, and we typically don't see that. Or oh, when we see it, we see it in this, like, there's this genre of, like, post-fleabag, I guess, type movies and TV mm-hmm. where it's just, like, you know, the person's an asshole. They're, like, probably doing some, like, substance abuse, like alcoholism or whatever. Usually that's how we see it. But here it was, like, no, she's just still a regular person, still kind of loves her daughters, but also, like, fuck this shit. Motherhood is awful. Um mm-hmm marriage is like it takes the fun out of i think relationships a lot and mm-hmm. that was just like what it was and this was how she was coping yeah it was it was amazing and the end oh god i have so many threads i want to pull on there but um, yeah. Hadja, what are your initial thoughts so on, i thought on this, this was a very confident directorial debut from my mm-hmm. i thought it was very fantastic from her and you can tell that this is a story that is written by somebody who loves mothers understands mothers loves women, understands women. There's many complexities, as Somto said. Like, you can tell that those threads... And I really like your description of a woman who's acting like a man, but not because she's acting like a man, but just because she's not stopping her life for so many other people, you know, which is just what you expect to see with women. I Mm -hmm. think the, like, main thing in this movie is, like, just amazing performances. Even Ed Harris, who I didn't even know was going to be in this movie, gives a very interesting and for me I, I feel quite memorable um performance dakota johnson as well um under use of um normal people boy but you know, um, yes <laughs> i agree but i i don't really mind i thought the narrative structure was intriguing i love jesse buckley i mm-hmm. love jesse buckley so for me this is just catnip i really really enjoyed this and I don't know. This is one of those movies that while I know that people who didn't like it and I understand why or whatever, I, this movie was really, 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 really perfect. Like for me, I feel like it was made for me. Mm. It had a lot of questions. Like I feel I wrestle with and all this stuff. And I don't know, it just felt very like personal because I was watching this and I'm just like, this is literally all my fears just like in this really, really well 
told story i thought there's so many like metaphors the way that they show like melancholy and loneliness i feel was very very good and yeah i just think it's uncomfortable but it's also really really tender at certain points mm-hmm. um that's just i could talk about this movie for ages so you know just take okay, the mic well, away from me um yeah okay so we're gonna go into spoilers now and I'm going to start with my thoughts on the film. So, like, my original thoughts is, like, kids are the fucking worst. And, yep. like, just, God forbid. <laughs> I, do, I do, like, I don't know why. I just, like, yeah, kids are just fucking weird. Like, the point, when it's younger, Jesse Buckley, when her daughter, I'm just like, I do not want the, I would strangle this child yeah. if this, like, this is too yeah. much. Um, But in terms of, in terms of, so, how I wrote it in my notes is, like, I like this movie and I admire it a lot. Like that point, like you're right, it's a very good directorial debut. I like that things. I'm like, this is done very well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't love the movie. Mm, okay. And I, I have a question, and I think maybe hopefully you guys, because I trust you guys, can help me understand it. Because I was like, I didn't love this movie, but if it was a TV show, I would have loved it. Mm, what do you mean? So by I don't that? know what that disconnect is for me. If this was a four-part HBO miniseries or whatever, I would have loved everything. I don't, so I don't know if it's maybe. On a TV show, you have weeks in between and you get time to invest in the characters or mm-hmm. in the two hours, like one seat and I couldn't like get an impression of myself on Olivia Coleman. Or, so I don't know if you guys help, can help me, but I didn't love this movie and I felt like it was a TV show, I would have loved it. Like the exact same thing, not, not, not change anything. Same actors, everything. But So I don't know. I don't have any thoughts. Hmm. I feel like that's, no offense, just a flawed way to look at it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel no offense, but offense. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to offend you. I just think that I think it works as a film. I don't oh no, think no, yeah. It should be in a different medium. Like I just, I is that what you're trying to say? Because that's no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying it should change its medium. I'm saying if this exact thing was in a TV on a TV format, format, I personally would have loved it more. Oh, so maybe you right. needed more time with the people. Yeah, so I don't know if that is it, but I mean, me, like... Right, so Bankale, are you saying that you couldn't connect to them as deeply as you would have if it was like a TV show because you didn't spend as much time with them? Maybe like that's the it, or like, not saying. even like time, like not time mm-hmm. of like the actual piece, more real life time. Like I, maybe on a TV show you have, I have a week in between to think about it and actually like think about their actions and get more empathized with them. I don't know what it is. And I, because, like, the structure of everything, if that was a TV show, I would have loved it. I would have loved to just... I love TV shows and I'm just watching a character, like, obviously mm-hmm. go through something as Olivia Coleman is going through. Like, mm-hmm. Questions of motherhood and regret and things mm-hmm. like that. And Jesse Buckley as well. But I don't know why I just didn't love it as much as it, in this movie as I yeah, felt like I, I would don't know have. what to tell you. What else do I have you on? I thought you guys could help me with this. Like, you guys are smart. No, I came away from that feeling like, this was an uncomfortable experience but it was like like when you think about the movie it's really good but mm-hmm. like the feeling that it leaves you with isn't like necessarily like blissful yeah a, ple- a pleasurable feeling um and i feel like you you kind of wanted seems like you would have preferred if you could sit in between like some of the scenes and like reflect on it with what you're saying about like even a tv um, show or something and i think that in a way that adds to what i enjoyed so much about it it's like 
life is happening mm-hmm. and none of some of the like pieces weren't like neatly tied together like narrative stuff about like jesse Bucky's part where she was like with her children and stuff like that like we don't get like mm-hmm. a neatly um wrapped up story or like explanation or you know she kept like seeing the guy i think mm-hmm. no they actually ended their relationship actually um sorry spoiler yeah, when spoilers, whatever. No. Yeah. like i feel like the lack of that like fully drawing out all of the threads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and fully like establishing each of the characters um or like you taking the time to reflect is what you don't like but i think that adds to yeah. it's messy okay so what you're okay so going off what you're saying is that i obviously would prefer and this is the first time i've ever had this this feeling so i don't know what it is like but maybe mm-hmm. the fact that i can reflect on what happened in the last hour yeah mm-hmm. and then as i maybe either predict or expect what's going to happen yeah. in the next hour yeah. as opposed to everything just coming before i have it second to actually yeah. think about it yeah. Makes, yeah so i feel like the narrative structure it's sort of like you're eating something and you're peeling the wrapper off mm-hmm. and that's explain it like you know obviously it's a very normal way to do a story you know you reveal more through another parallel story that's going on, which is obviously the flashbacks when you see sort of Jesse Buckley as a parent, but because there's still so much going on in our current timeline with the missing doll and the husband, when he find out about the affair and like there's, I think there's also just like, not even in terms of like drama and like danger, but there's also just this, this tension between Olivia and Dakota Johnson that exists from the fact that like, even though this woman deeply recognizing this woman's this woman's pain, her lostness or whatever, all she can really offer her is like honesty and like mm-hmm. advice, but she can still not feel that, I feel. And I think maybe that's why, because these emotions are so complex and they're just not, they don't give you an easy solution or an easy fix throughout any, at any point in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe the, the episode structure could maybe help you look forward to a fix or a solution that doesn't yeah. exist. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. some distance mm-hmm. between, like, some of the discomfort between certain, like, yeah. parts and of maybe, the movie. And maybe if you watch it weekly, you can hope that there's more to come. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's two things. Because I'm not really... I don't need your story to give me a typo. Like, I've watched enough quote-unquote prestige drama to, to be able to deal with that. But I think it's that thing of, yeah, you're right, is that week period gives you a chance to basically reflect on what you've just seen and think about it and think about how it, and do a podcast episode about how it affects your life or how it, mm-hmm. what it means about your life. And, everything. and then you then, yeah. Because, like, this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Even if I said I didn't fully love it, I still liked it quite yeah. a lot. And I, yeah. I'm happy I watched it. And, like, for this to be someone's debut and she wrote and directed it, that's all very good. The acting is, again, from... People like Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley, it's always yeah. going to be top notch. So, yeah, just that, because I was just taking my notes after and I was like, why am I? Because I have watched TV shows like this, exactly like this. Yeah. Big Little Lies came to mind for sure when I was watching this, because I watched it on the plane, actually. Do you think it's the, oh, wow, plane? Do you think it's the motherhood? I think Big Little Lies came to mind because of the scenery and the motherhood. Okay. And the, mm. the affair and, just the whole we as women are struggling with this thing that seems unspeakable and we need to find a way to say it to each other, that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Or as like particularly Nicole Kidman, you know. Yeah. Being mm, like something yeah. that she's going through that is unspeakable. But there's these just these moments where she's just trying to find a way to get out of that space. And then you have obviously 
you know, you're still also trying to find out what happened to Shailene Woodley's character throughout mm-hmm. that whole series. So that's sort of why it gave me the same vibes. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's... But I mean, it's what it comes to that. mind. Yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah. connections. Because it's kind of... It's almost like um, giving you the medicine with honey in it. Like, it's giving this kind of deep or introspective thoughts. But, like, the scenery is so beautiful. Yeah. It utilizes, like, Monterey. Yes, yeah. I think they're in Greece. It's, like, it's so beautiful. There's, you have this beautiful movie stars, but then it's talking about quite important things. Something that I thought was really interesting, like while it was really beautiful and they're in Greece for the summer and, and it's amazing, I think something that Maggie Gyllenhaal like does that I think other, like a different director might have chosen things differently was like showing the gruesome or just like uncomfortable parts of nature. So like when yeah. I think there's like bugs coming into her, like um, yeah. her flat that she's living in or like when the pine like hits her on the back when mm-hmm. she's like walking through like the path like mm-hmm. things like that I was like you know it could we could just focus on the fact that it's a really pretty place that mm-hmm. they're spending their summer in but it's not just that I think that all ties into the larger theme of the movie where it's like on the, from the outside or mm-hmm. like in the way that it's commonly talked about motherhood and parenting and shit like mm-hmm. that is all just like supposed to be pretty and all mm-hmm. supposed to be cute but in reality, there's all these prickly things that actually come up um, mm. in it. 100%. Yeah. I um, agree. Yeah, it's so interesting because obviously you have Dakota Johnson is a young mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Mara is playing a very pregnant woman. So like she's probably very close to giving birth. So it's like, it's almost kind of like these three stages of, of motherhood and they are yeah. all approaching it in, very, in vastly different ways. Yep. Um, Something that I was struck when I was watching them when the movie ended is the way, the structure of the flashback. So the first time we'd mm. see the flashback is when Jesse Buckley's shouting for one of the kids. Yeah. And we don't see her find the kid. And I think when she calls her daughter, I may be wrong, when she calls her daughter, she's talking to the other one. Yeah. Not the one that was... Yeah. So for the entire movie, I'm thinking that, that kid died. I thought she died. I thought she was lost. So I thought every time that she yeah. said, yep. oh, I have two daughters, she's lying. I thought she was lying. I thought she was like, mm. either like, mm-hmm. um, not to say like, not mentally ill or anything, but like she was intentionally she lying about the trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was only at the end that she speaks to the daughter. I was like, oh, that's just a very like interest. I don't know if it's like that in the book, but just very yeah. well structured because it's just yeah. you're in her head. You're like, is this woman crazy? Like, yeah, not, like yeah. is she like? Yeah. Because she's obviously still in the door. Like, is there, are I there think, layers to her problems? I think they would do a really, really good job of that because you are also starting to go through the story with her and realize mm-hmm. more. And I think they really do a really good job with Ed Harris's character where he also begins to realize. I think he sees the doll, doesn't he? Yeah. And I think he, he even from before that, he's sort of starting to realize and you have him have this little... And it's like, oh, she's not aware of how she's coming off at all. Um, and I really liked that choice. I thought it was yeah. good. I mean, I hate speaking of the doll. I hate, I was like, because at the end, when she tells Dakota Justin the truth, I'm like, just say you found it. Like, let's not do this. Yeah, I can't just like, say you found it somewhere. Just be like, oh, I just found it. I like, kept actually rolling it my eyes. I was like, are you joking? I was like, what are this. you doing? This makes no sense. Like, why are you saying, just don't say the truth. Like, like. You've done all this. Things. Just say you found You've it. You've done you, all of this. And you wanted to, you wanted to like, clean it up and give it. Like, don't, don't say the truth. Like, we all lie. Keep it moving. <laughs> it doesn't like, make sense. <laughs> I was like, insane. yeah. I don't know why she didn't just, was like, yeah, I found it yesterday on the beach. Like, I don't yeah, know. I, think, I, 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 def- I think she felt, she probably felt like, again, this is just me thinking on the spot, but I think she felt, obviously, this connection with Dakota Johnson. Yeah. And she felt like she, she should be honest or she could be honest with her and felt like kindred spirits. Like, she tells her, what does she tell her that? Like, mm-hmm. 
she felt great. I can't remember what she was like. She felt great those three years when she was with her kids, and just like so, she feels like I, should, I can't be honest with this woman, but like no woman is gonna like. She she hasn't slept in like four days because her daughter yeah. has been like crying. Like don't tell her the yeah, truth. Yeah, she's gonna think you're yeah. fucking crazy. Like, um, and she like, did. No and she I also her. like want to understand why she took the doll in the first place. Ah. Like I feel like there's something there, and I personally haven't quite figured it out myself. Yeah. So watching the movie, I thought because I thought obviously her daughter was missing, so I thought that was why she mm-hmm. took the doll, like as a way to right. be close to her yeah. missing daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, now that daughter is alive, I don't know, Haja, do you have, do you have an explanation? Because I, I, I don't have anything. Yeah. Is she um, just, like, mentally unstable? I, I think there's a mixture. I think that being on holiday and seeing the mother, like, with mm-hmm. this young mother with a child in a very similar position to where she is makes her feel like, she and she sees her with the lover and stuff and the doors and she's like okay she has this she has all this though Mm -hmm. and it's like i am alone and i i don't know it it felt it felt to me like she was trying to take something back like it was gonna Mm -hmm. give her some sort of power make her able to rewrite a story give her a companion and i think watching the other woman even maybe like suffer a little bit with the child made her feel like yeah, but you already have, like, you have the lover and you have the man and you yeah. have the, the child and you, you're fine. What about me type things? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Can I go, like, a bit, like, fake deep on that and just, like, let's go galaxy <laughs> brain? Because obviously her door crashes and breaks, doesn't she? When her daughter, like, her, threw it out or yeah. something. And it's, maybe it's her not pining or trying to retrieve her own, like, childhood, but maybe those years that she lost with her daughters. Mm. So it's, like, it's a what do you call it, a symbol of th- those years where she wasn't with her daughters and what's between like they were seven and ten or whatever. So maybe it's like a way of feeling close to that time when she right. had a door that looked similar and she could share that door with her mm-hmm. daughter. I don't know. I think I would even take it a step back mm-hmm. from what you guys have said and be like, she would like to be the child. Like, yeah. not the child necessarily, but at mm-hmm. a point in her life where she didn't have kids she didn't have any responsibility yeah. when the doll was hers, huh. yeah. not like a doll that she, she gave to her daughter. Okay. Yeah. In fact, that's much better. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, well, yeah. So with she's like with taking that. it from the universe, not even necessarily just from like that. Yeah, I'll remove everything we said last two minutes and just <laughs> just go with what no, you said. No, I really agree with you because I feel mm-hmm. like because the story is fundamentally about a woman's freedom, you know, it's about mm. a woman trying to find freedom in all these different ways, right? Even the young mother, she's trying to find freedom freedom in her affair right she wants yeah she wants to be released from this i don't know she's dating a gangster or whatever she's dating from whatever and yeah, i think what's going that on there like what's going on with that whole no idea <laughs> yeah well, like, yeah sorry continue Hadja. and i think they're just these tiny moments of like just i think it's just again it's it's just about freedom and the the doll is a way for her to think of reclaim something you know, something, mm. she's like, yeah. this is mine. This is only mine. Like, I'm free from the demands of being a mother, free from the obligation that I must share with you. Because so much of being, yeah. I think, a mother and a parent is you just, your life, you just share it. Mm-hmm. You're no longer mm-hmm. yours. I think even when yeah. you are married, your life is shared. Um, and mm-hmm. women are always the ones often having to share because obviously, like, being a mother is not something that you're allowed to be separated from. You can't be a mother and a woman. You're just a mother when right. you become a mother. I think it's just a really great way of commenting on the fact that maybe we 
like we sometimes we don't want to share we don't want to share everything we want to be us and you know Mm. maybe she sees and i think there's many moments in the child where the child is like the younger one she's clinging on to her she's like won't let her go and it's just like can you just let me be mm-hmm. and jesse buckley has several moments like that as well and it's like because obviously you see how she's trying to pursue her literature or her writing um and she's able to be in a space where people are just talking about her they're just mm-hmm. impressed with her yeah. work what she's done her translations or whatever and it's like yeah i, I agree with you i think that's the main point yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i feel something that's just come to mind also is like further to like her taking the doll and just all of the tension that it brought into like for the, her relationship with definite Johnson Moore was like it's almost like women cannot reclaim things for themselves or have anything like yeah. selfish without hurting someone else yeah like our lives are so much not ours that like yeah. doing things for ourselves is somehow gonna negatively impact someone else mm-hmm. and so Olivia Coleman's taking the doll for like to kind of reclaim her freedom and have something um, in this time, but it's like she's hurting this other child and she's hurting um, Dakota Johnson's like family, and ultimately, yeah, I think that just like ties further into just the the narrative and like the point of the movie where like our lives are just not our own as women. Yeah, is it one hundred percent? As as someone looking, as someone looking from outside in, is it interesting or not noteworthy? Let me know that. Like you said, every selfish quote unquote act that she makes is hurting not just like another person, but hurting like another female person. Like either it's the daughter, her daughters, or Dakota Johnson's daughter, or Dakota Johnson himself. They're all like female characters that she's hurting, quote unquote, by her actions. I don't know if that's a thing. Let me know if it's not a thing. We'll just move on. I don't know. I didn't I didn't I didn't really think about it like that, but that's an interesting way of looking at it i think maybe just because these two characters are placed in sort of like parallel with each other Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe that's why but i I think that's an interesting that's an interesting note that the people she's hurting are also like these women and i think obviously they're her daughters i think it's a a way to talk about you know it's generational whatever because it's like these women might also grow up to be mothers like what does it mean that their mother abandoned she also hates her mother like olivia coleman hates her own mother yeah she also hated her mom yeah so yeah. and and they make a point of that. Yeah, so. it's a love. I think. Um, sorry, I think that's why this movie is so good because it doesn't tell. It shows you all the different ways you can be a mother and the different mistakes you can make without ever condoning or you know excusing, or even sometimes I think in some points it does sympathize, but sometimes it doesn't sympathize with some of her actions, and it's just mm-hmm. such a. And this is how you know that it was written and directed by a woman because it's such a yeah. distinctly female way of portraying that that you you just don't see in, mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. lot of films. yeah. Um, there was like no judgment, but at the same time, it was very clear in conveying like the kind of harm that Jesse Buckley wasn't necessarily trying to impart on her kids, but just the fact that yeah, like, parenting is difficult. Like you're gonna yeah fuck up your children somehow yeah and i and i think when let's it not does get, let's not get started with that please i was like yeah and i think when it does judge the characters it doesn't judge them by these like patriarchal standards or these you know historically misogynistic morals it judges them by consequence and it judges them by you know sort mm-hmm. of like look at the proximity of the hurt just like harm like what what harm right. are you causing just in general Mm-hmm. Um, exactly and, yeah and not not necessarily a why aren't you with your husband 
type right of- like this isn't a moral question it's yeah. just really about the impact yeah. of what's happening yeah um something earlier you mentioned the end the ending of this film with like much glee do you want to talk about that like what why what is in the end that like really gets you i think like just the whole point from okay so obviously spoiler she reveals the doll to Dr. Johnson. Yeah. Dr. Johnson takes the thing, the hat. Her pin, yeah. Pin that she's just giving her and, like, stabs Talk her. about Chekhov's pin. But, yeah, continue, sorry. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. always going to come <laughs> back to you somehow. Yeah. And, you know, she, like, goes on her life. Like, nothing's happened, almost. She, like, takes her suitcase, gets in the car, uh, falls it falls down there. Yeah, no, no, no. She kicks it. That was all. She kicks it down the stairs. Like I was like, oh, okay. It was like she was at the end of her road or rope Mm -hmm. or whatever the saying is. Like she was done, but not in a throwing shit like the tantrum type. It's just like, okay, well, fuck it. Like I've tried everything. Mm -hmm. I even tried to take something for myself, the doll. That didn't work. I tried to be honest about what I'd done and like, you know, try to reach this woman with like the connection that I thought we had and mm-hmm. that didn't work. So like, okay, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. And then when she gets to the beach and she's like talking to her, I think she's like leaving a voice note or did she like actually speak to them on the phone? She speaks to them on the phone. talking to her daughter, right? Yeah. On the phone, yeah. And I thought one, it was really cool because I thought like you the entire time that she just either like, her daughter was dead or she didn't have a relationship with that daughter anymore. Yeah. And so to actually hear her like speaking to her and be like, okay, well they actually like cool enough to like have this conversation, but she's making no fanfare of the fact that she's literally like bleeding out, like dying. So is she right dying now? Is she dying? I think she is. Or like she'll probably get found at some point. I don't think she dies from a needle stab. Come on. But she's bleeding out all night. That's all I was thinking about. Like all night. Yeah. And it's in her stomach as well. Yeah. And she collapses. She doesn't like go to bed. She yeah. collapses. She, colla- yeah. like... she didn't like Yeah. She was bleeding the entire night, gets to the water, comes out. Like I feel like she's gonna die there, not because it was such a fatal wound, yeah. but because she does nothing to preserve herself. Yeah. Maybe moment. is that like is that phone call with her? What we should say is that like obviously she speaks with one of her daughters earlier, and it's a very kind of cold conversation. Like she's like giving like one word questions and answers, and she's about to say about her day, mm-hmm. and then the daughter has to go off. But this call at the yeah. end is very warm. It's warm, it is. I think the daughter that we thought was dead is like, oh, she calls to the, her sister, come over, let's talk to mom kind of situation. Everyone's kind of happy. So maybe that's like the impetus she needs to go get help and fix her stomach and like not die on the beach <laughs> in Greece. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. It felt more like this is a good ending place for me, like for her life is what I thought she would get from that phone call. That mm. like, well, as bad as everything was, I still have these moments like this call with my two daughters it wasn't all in vain or like you know some like light at the end of the tunnel i felt like she was really tired she was also just existing you know even beyond her relationship with her daughters like interacting with the people on the island like my sis was tired Yeah. yeah she was yeah um who was the lost daughter um the doll. <laughs> huh. I mean, look, that is not, that, that's not wrong. That's not like, if, like that's not far off. I don't know. I just thought about the question. That could be a good answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe it's motherhood. Maybe it's daughterhood. I don't know. 
I think maybe you can use it to interpret losing your like self when you become a mother. That's mm. exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, like when you said the doll. Yeah. Conversation we had about the yeah, doll itself. Yeah. So you're losing yeah. your yourself when you become a mother. And I think it's like I was talking about this in my I had a political science class this week and we're talking about how it was um a class about, you know, the politics of like prostitution and sex work and all this stuff and mm-hmm. you know that when you're a woman you are a prostitute, but there's no sort of derogatory term for like a male client of prostitution the same way that mm. when you get married you go from miss to missus but as a man you're always just mister mm-hmm. um and so i think it's just that thing where it's like you're a man and you're you're a father but it's not really much of a juxtaposition society doesn't expect much of a change from you other than perhaps a financial ability to provide yeah. you know at the base level um but as a woman your entire being is meant to change you're, you're told that when you you see the baby you're meant to be filled with this like mythical warmth and light and love and you're meant to just feel this maternal instinct to just lay down your life for your kids and it's just like you're not allowed to be any you yourself aren't even allowed to be the daughter of your own mom anymore anymore now i feel like when you become Mm -hmm. a mom you're just a mom and you're not allowed to be lean on a lot of people you know people are just now leaning on you Mm. um so maybe that's that's what that means yeah i definitely agree with that i think it probably can be used to reflect on so many different things mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Like if we talk about the doll or like the loss in a sense of a woman as like, she just becomes like an adult. Um, yeah. This is going to be a very ignorant question. So please allow me. Hmm. Is there a timeline for postpartum depression? Because I'm just thinking it was Jesse Buckley. Was she experiencing postpartum depression? Can you have it if your children are like seven? I have no idea. Actually. I have no idea. I, I've never known this. But we can Google it. Like, I'll, I mean, I can Google it right now. Because I was just thinking, oh, was she just like depressed? Because like, there are points when I was like, thank God we've seen Ovia Coma because that means she's not going to kill herself because she's going through it. Jesse Buckley's yeah. going through it in this film. I think it's both things, right? That like, she could very well, Jesse Buckley have been depressed at some points throughout that like, um period of her life that we saw okay so you can have it up to three years after birth oh, oh. so i guess there's a timeline so she was just depressed i guess yeah. not postpartum yeah i think also is the fact that like and i think something this movie tried to do was show that sometimes you just hate your fucking life as a parent and i get it it's why personally i don't want to have kids because i would be like jesse buckley i would be frustrated every single day so, like, so- I'm As sorry. somebody who's adamantly against um, children, I mean, other people can do that, not against me though. <laughs> I really am against them. And I always say this, it's so crazy because I said this to somebody when I was literally 15 years old and I didn't know shit. And I wouldn't mind becoming a mother if kids weren't something that happened to you. Children happen mm-hmm. to you. Like, they don't just come. They're not like a part of your life. It's like, to me, even with like marriage, like to some extent, that person is still sort of like a compliment, depending on how you guys sort of shape and organize your relationship yeah. mm. and the type of person you marry. Children are not that. You can't set they boundaries. swallow your life whole like a snake. It's literally from the day they are born to the day, the best case scenario is to the day you die. Um, when you get pregnant to be fair yeah Yeah. i mean yeah and for women you're never allowed to forget you're a mother that's all you are that's like it's just like 
I just want your entire identity and then everything else is like a periphery to that. I know. And I'm it, sorry, it just, no. Like, watching this movie made me just so, like, I won't even lie. Like, I cried on the plane. The air hostess was looking at me like, girl, like, I was like, fuck you, babe. My joking <laughs> answer to my friends is always, I'm just like, you can never be hungover again. That's just, that's just like my, like, yeah. my jo- like, you just yeah. can never be hungover again. Like, shout out to all the people who've done it and who continue to choose to do it. But it's something I've known since I was a teenager that I could never, ever take on. I'm sorry. I just don't want to do it. Like, it just doesn't sound fun at all. And like... It's not fun. And it's so everything much that people say to me, everything women tell me, like my mom, like who thinks she just keeps praying I'll change my mind. And I'm just like, I won't. But like, it's like everything that you're trying to tell me is fulfilling about it is is just nothing appealing to me. I don't mm. care to about me. Tiny, toddler's validation i don't care like literally <laughs> end time <laughs> or like people talk about don't you want to have legacy no i don't care we're all dying the what world is dying the world oh. is heating the up. point like, is to people die people tell me stuff like oh but you know the worst thing when you say you don't want to have kids and someone's like oh what if your parents have said that about you well i wish they had well i, I well, wish I they wish had it i would be so, here so what i was like, I was like <laughs> Do you do you guys think I, I wanted to be here like do you think i had like, i had like, a say do you know how stressful here being here is um, I mean, me personally, I'm not as as resolute as you guys are in terms of like you guys already know. Mm-hmm. All I mean is that at this particular point in time in my life, I'm just like I do not see why I would want that. Mm-hmm. But I also know it's very possible that like maybe if I find the right person or whatever, that's I'm I'm not as resolute as you guys are. Which again, fair enough. I mean, some of my friends already have kids, and I'm so happy for them, and I can't wait to like play with those kids because I I love I want to love other people's kids. Yeah, not my own though. And then mm. go back to my house. <laughs> not mine yes i want to be able to leave when it's like 6 p.m okay i'm out like someone asked me like, what would your dad think i was like he has he has another son he'll be fine yeah my sister's alive and my dad and i have a brother so he'll be fine yeah and honestly if none of us have kids then sorry for them you know like fuck shit happens. and that's another thing it's not about you i'm not gonna have kids for you are you crazy like the, and i think another layer i watched this movie was obviously just seeing them argue and the marriage and stick I also think that as a child of divorce, that definitely impacts it for me as well. Like, I'm mm. just not about to to do that. Like, I don't want to ever mm-hmm. bring kids and then just just have to jap at the marriage. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the idea of, like, my kids ever wondering that, oh, did we split up because of you? Like, how mo- right. much our mom was literally sick of us and this ruined their marriage. Yeah. <laughs> also, you have to be ready to know that, like, you're going to, like, Give them some of your shit, some of your emotional shit, and like some of your of mental yes. shit. Like, and honestly, I don't think it's fair yes. to like first bring a human into this world, so they have to deal with like systemic bullshit, and then mm. I like will also like give them some of my shit. Like, yeah. come on, yeah. like, do you hate them? <laughs> say you hate your kids. Yeah. No, like literally, uh, say you hate your kids. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I, I mean, if again, like, it's not as if we're preaching against having kids. If you want to have kids, and like. Yeah, no, if you want to have kids, kids are adorable. Yeah, maybe like, I'll listen to this podcast in like 10 years that. time. Like, what was I thinking? I, I'm a, I love my kids and I don't know. <laughs> but for now, it's just like, yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts on those daughter? Shall we talk about passing? Just, um, it was really, really great. I like, I said, I didn't love the movie, but I'll recommend it to people. Like, I liked the movie a lot. So I recommend it. It just wasn't like, for me, it was like, I felt like there was an extra gift. So for me, I have those feelings, but about passing. Mm. Okay, let's talk about passing. Yeah. I think I might feel the same way about Passing. Our second film is Passing. It's available on Netflix as well. It's written and directed by Rebecca Hall. It's based on a novel from 1929. 
In 1920s New York, a chance meeting between a woman, played by Tessa Thompson, and a childhood friend, who is now passing as a white woman, leads to an intriguing series of events as their lives become intertwined. Um, it's starring, like I said, Tessa Thompson, Ruth Neger, Andre Holland, Alexander Skarsgård, and the always great Bill Camp. So, Haja, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on passing? This is the most brilliant use of the 4-3 aspect ratio that I have ever seen in my life. It's done I very have, well. I... You know what? Why don't you explain to our listeners why you think so? Okay, let me gather my thoughts. Let me gather my thoughts. Let me gather my thoughts. I There's just so much to love about it. The composition in this movie, the black and white, it's just... Mm. So for me, right, if this was my directorial debut, I would begin to ascend into the sky. <laughs> This is, this is what I would say about this movie, right? I was shocked that this is the first... She's so confident behind the camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can tell. And it is beautiful. Like, this movie is stunning. And another layer, I think, that made me shocked is that this is a white woman. You know? Um, Wait, can I... Can we... Sorry, woman. I'm sorry to cut you off. Can we just touch on that very quickly? Because when I saw... That, mm-hmm. You know, when I saw that it was announced, that I was like, are you guys sure you want to do this? Right. Like, are you, are you guys sure you want Rebecca Hall? Like an English white woman, and then she was like, "Oh, apparently she's mixed race." I think her mom was either black or mixed race. I so, read the whole thing, and no, that is a white woman. Please, let's be serious. I think she has like a grandfather who's black, black. but was passing. Oh. Actually, is oh, how she even came to like the idea of the concept of passing as a thing, and then she read. Yeah, because she was like she very she connected very much with the source material. I think. Yeah, it was because she I think found her out. mom. I think someone from I think her mom might have been even like passing black kind of situation. I don't think it was that far as grandfather. Oh yeah, I know Let someone was. Well, sorry, Hajek, please continue. The composition in this movie is fucking fantastic. If you're not gonna watch it for anything else, watch it for that man. I I forget the name of the cinematographer. I think it's like Mark. I don't even know. But that person, they also deserve many many flowers. Um, I have it here, Edward Grau. Edward Grau, yeah. There was like, um, I'm really, really sad. Even though I expected it to be snubbed by the Academy, I knew it was going to be snubbed by the Academy. I'm still really, really sad that it was because I think that for this to be somebody's first film that they've ever directed is just insane for it to be as successful in showing, like portraying what I think the themes and the source material are. Like, it's so crazy because my, my main thing going into this movie was I will never believe that Tessa Thompson is not black. That was one of the first things that came to my mind, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that Tessa Thompson should pass. So for me, I was just like, am I going to be able to suspend my disbelief enough to buy into this movie? Mm-hmm. But if anything, because of the direction and because of, you know, the performances, I think this is Tessa Thompson's career best work, and so is it for I agree. Neggers as well. I agree. And because of that, though, it actually made it me buy into the movie more because you know that these women are doing something very, very risky. Like, yes. Because I think as a viewer, I was like, how are they not seeing she's black? It made me even more tense and added to my experience of it. Absolutely agree with that. And I think it, it shows it shows not only the time period, um, the aspect ratio and the black and white, but it also, again, obviously is very, very obvious about the themes that the show is, the movie is portraying. And 
I think it does just, uh, the ratio does a really amazing thing of making you feel like enclosed. Mm-hmm. And you feel like at any moment the jig is up, mm-hmm. particularly the first scene where she's meeting Alexander Skarsgård and he literally calls his wife the N word. I was like, what the hell is this? So, you know that scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he comes in and calls her Negi or something, I was like, oh, that was very close to Negi. That was weird. And then when he not told the story, I was like, oh, wait, it was actually, he meant that. I was like, oh, okay, okay, let's, that's what we're doing now. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's, it's so good at making you feel that, like, suffocatedness. Yeah. It's, it's also very good at exploring how some people are outsiders in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when the, when Ruth Nagger first visits Tessa Thompson's house, there's sort of like a very claustrophobic, thing and then they have their scenes in the bedroom with her and her husband that the aspect ratio works fantastic there too i don't know like i could talk about that for ages because i just think that the composition of this movie is it's is its real selling point um and and just the way it looks um and the performances obviously so just quick clarification so rebecca hall's mother had um mm-hmm. an african-american mixed-race dad mm. and so her granddad was born into slavery so i'm assuming like mm. black woman white slave master kind of situation mm-hmm. so her mom was the child of a mixed race man and a dutch mother so it's so she's probably what quarter quarter i think yeah, yeah. but rebecca hall does not look like she's she's whiter than logic <laughs> um yeah no I, I agree with lots of hatches points about the aspect ratio as like you pick it up and you're like okay why are they doing this and then you see why they're doing it like this works so well um something what are your thoughts on the film um i thought it was incredible Acting-wise, Tessa Thompson carries, like, oh, my goodness, she was good. i never seen her that good. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that I never thought that she had that performance in her. I'm so sorry to say. What about Sylvie's Love? She's quite good in Sylvie's Love. Sylvie's Love is good, but, well, that movie didn't do much for me, personally. And, yeah, I have thoughts on that would be not great thoughts um like the, where was the chemistry it was giving like cardboard anyway um i didn't think she had this and i think maybe that's not to say that she hasn't given good performances in the past is that mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. like far exceeds anything that i ever expected mm-hmm. she was really good mm-hmm. and i i haven't read the book itself so i don't know how it comes across in the source material but rebecca hall does such a good job of like manipulating what's happening Mm. and i don't know the technical stuff about like directing and like aspect ratio and stuff like that but it's in the littlest things like like when like she's trying to show us how tessa thompson's mind is quite literally unraveling like she's losing her fucking mind Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. Like thinking that Rutnega is like um, coming onto her husband, like they're having an affair, all of that, like all of those like suspicions. Mm-hmm. And she does such a great job of not showing us everything enough that we can believe what Tessa Thompson thinks is real, mm-hmm. but then in truth, it's actually not real. I think she does yeah. such a good job of that. It was it was a great movie. Ah, oh, the tension of passing. Yeah, think- it made so much sense. Yeah, I think I think she does a really good job. Like, not very people are able to subtly portray the whole. We are watching and from an unreliable right. point of view, but she does it really, really well. Mm. However, 
I do think that the reason, so I gave this, I would give this movie like a. Well, don't give it, okay. I was going to give it a great, just because you said, obviously it didn't take that extra gear for you. Like, like for Lost Daughter for me. What's the reason for that? So the movie loses me in, in the third act. Okay. I think that the ending is not earned. But this is the thing, right? I have never read the book. And I, I, from what I've read, I understand that the chapters towards the end become very, very abstract. And so, you know, Rebecca Hall is doing what apparently, according to critics and people who have read the book, a very, very faithful adaptation. That's one of the, the yeah. pros, I guess, for people who've read this. I just feel like the movie starts off so strong Hmm. and it's so interesting and there's so much tension and emotion Mm -hmm. and the performances are just brilliant. I guess they're brilliant throughout, which is what keeps it going. But then it just feels like the narrative sort of becomes a bit too introspective for me. I think maybe if I had read the book, I would appreciate that more. But I just feel like all some of the it just becomes a bit less nuanced as we get to the end. So the way I read read it, the way I kind of saw it when I was watching it is like I was like, okay, the first like you said, first two two acts are just like these character studies mm-hmm. on mainly these two female characters, mm-hmm. and then the third act a plot comes uh, here's plots here's what's gonna happen in this film mm-hmm. and like things are mm-hmm. happening i didn't have a problem with it mm-hmm. because i really like this movie i think it's i think this movie is saying like it's talking about a lot of stuff that like it's talking about passing which like you said is detention like you're living every day yeah. like you could be outed what yeah so like I, yeah something i like which is about rebecca hall and i, I think it also is also in the book so credit to the author as well but it's like we never switch focus to like Ruth Neger's point of view mm-hmm. yeah we're always on the quote-unquote black person's point of view we're not like a different storyteller might have been like okay let's balance it out let's, let's find out see what it's like on her exactly end, yeah. because because we know she's going through hell like Ruth Neger is clearly right. going through shit but it's like no that's not what that's not what the point of this we're not trying to see yeah. what the person that passes as a white person what they're going through we're trying to see how black people are kind of yeah. reacting to that and I, I just feel like to me it just made this it's like someone like Rebecca Hall who it's very easy for like oh, I had to do both sides yes <laughs> it's very easy for she, she's the white person right so she's like you know what she could feel a bit defensive like let me show you how it is on the other end mm. let me show you how we feel on this side and but no it's like fully saying is going I thought like they were co-lead actresses they're not with Nega is a supporting actress in this. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. a supporting performance. This is Tessa Thompson's... She, yeah, and it, like, we stay with that. We yeah. stay in her mind. And it's funny you guys said, like, she's an unreliable narrator in terms of, like, the cheetah and all that. Because when I went back to just, like, read the synopsis of the novel, that's kind of what it is. But, like, to me, I was... She was reliable. I always believed her. Because I just, like... That's I what I think. Her. I think that she's... I like, only realized she was yeah. lying. Same. Like... Yeah. I don't know when it was, but it was like, okay, wait, is this actually happening? Or is she thinking that this is happening? This is what I mean when I say that this movie is so thoughtfully crafted and that's why I think it's a brilliant film. And it's like, there's one of those things that even though I gave it like three and a half stars on Letterboxd, I still put like a huge heart next to it because like I still loved this movie because as much as to me, like I didn't really understand or expect the tone shift in in the third act, maybe I need to revisit the movie again. The way it's made it allows that tension to be mm-hmm. unspoken. Like it's okay for it to be so subtle and for it to just shock mm-hmm. you like that. I do think that the ending achieves what it's meant to. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd like to yeah. play that back. 
literally the first time i watched it we'll talk about the end in a second trust me yeah um something that, like for me the first because this movie is i think it's less than two hours so like let's say the first 45 minutes maybe an hour even it's like i feel like it just goes by like the movie shouldn't feel fun but it kind of mm-hmm. does like as rebecca hall like it's it, exciting yeah almost. it just breezes by like she makes it just float like it's like from scene to scene it's just like i'm just like watching this actor's act i don't feel like i'm getting a history lesson or a moral lesson mm-hmm. it's just going by and like i was like oh this is enjoyable maybe that was why for me when the quote-unquote plot happens and people are cheating and i'm like oh her husband has found out it kind of just worked for me because i was i was already on the journey i was like this is a fun movie it wasn't like 12 is a slave became this like oh my god <laughs> exactly so <laughs> so um yeah, and I, I think just to me, it was that impact of like not seeing Claire's point of view, just never always staying with Irene. I was like, this is just, mm-hmm. we only see her through Irene's point of view. She's like, yeah. she's, and we've, well, let me not say, oh, I, I think a lot of people have been Irene, where there's this person who mm-hmm. everything works out for them. Everyone loves them. Like they can crack all the yeah. jokes. Like once they're in the room, like, right. and, but you're yeah. always, and you're like, you are also falling for them, but you're also very jealous of them and you're very right. resentful of them. And there's yeah. like so many things. And when your husband, who who is being like mocking her... to be like the only person <laughs> yeah, he who was mocking like, her could she resist came, her charm. And then all of a sudden he's like... I would lose my fucking mind as well, actually. It's funny because, well, I guess... Because I thought, I was like, okay, is there a chance that this film... Because you, you didn't have to, but I was like, is there a chance that they're going to touch on the whole... Like, there's something is not... She might not pass, but she's also not dark skinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's a that's a different avenue you can click on if you want. Right. Because mm-hmm. that, there's something there because like he's now falling for the white passing woman instead of like right. but something in herself is not dark skinned. But like obviously they didn't pull on that thread really enough, and that's fine. Like a movie doesn't have to do everything. I'm just saying it's just something I was like, oh, are they going to do this? They didn't do it, which is fine. But it's like yeah, he's gonna be like, oh, I like my women darker skinned, and then now he's clearly because me, I still think he was cheating, but maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like now he's like, oh, he's falling for the white person. Woman. I'm so conflicted, honestly, because I thought he was cheating, and then I was like, okay, maybe he's not. And then now, like after watching it, and like I've read like people's like articles and stuff about it, it's like, oh, because something's like unreliable. Yeah. Like I see how he wasn't cheating, but also I feel like. Even if he wasn't cheating, there's something there about him being like mm-hmm. almost cold to her the first time she visits their home mm-hmm. versus like mm-hmm. now they're out dancing. Yeah. Um, and he's like going without Tessa Thompson, for example. Like that was even if you're not cheating, this like about turn of behavior is just it's sus. I don't understand it. That was the moment where I was like, he's definitely cheating. Like you can't. In that moment, I was like, you cannot go dancing with her and leave your, your wife alone. Right. Like, do you really want to go dancing so much? You're going to go without your wife? Like, before you acting like this was beneath you. Yeah, I think it's undeniable cheating or not that, like, um, Claire's charms work on him, on her, on her yeah. husband. Like, he begins yeah. to like her as a person. I mean, we can argue that maybe he was a bit harsh to her before he had even met her in his judgment of her and all mm-hmm. that, and laughing at her situation, whatever. I mean, everything that... We said that cheating could also not be cheating. Like, it could just be her walking in at the wrong moment or whatever. So, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think cheating or not, though, and I know you want to go get to the end at a later time. I think cheating or not, in a way, it does make sense that, like, Irene is unable to, like... Because it's not just about the cheating. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, you have everything 
you want or like society makes it seem like is the ideal life why do you mm-hmm. keep coming back here mm-hmm. and taking like my friendship and taking like my time and endearing yourself to my children like why are you here get the fuck out at the same time i actually really like you like mm-hmm. it makes sense that that's how it would end even without like her actually cheating without like the husband actually cheating with her like mm-hmm. It almost fucks with you in a way that, like, Ruthnega is obviously not white, but it's like you white people have taken everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now you're still coming to take more. Seriously, yeah. Think about the scene where, like, she drops the pot of tea. I had to like replay yeah. that and try to like actually yeah. understand. What is happening right now? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to use that scene. Let's talk about the ending. What do you guys think happened at the end of this film? There are three options. One is that Claire jumps. Mm-hmm. Irene pushes Claire mm-hmm. and Skarsgård. Again, playing another evil white man. I, I love Skarsgård. He just played all the evil. I love Alexander Skarsgård so much. I love that he just plays all the evil white men. I love this for him. Um, <laughs> He's so good at it. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. Like, um, so those are the three options. It was a Scotland. I'm conflicted okay. between um, Claire jumping and Irene pushing her. I think most days I'm leaning towards Irene pushing her, but I don't know. So I think Irene manslaughtered her. So like, I think it wasn't <laughs> intentional. I think that basically she puts an arm like there mm-hmm. and I don't think she intends to push, push her, her but she does. I think she, she does her. push her. She wanted to kill her and she killed her. I don't, I don't, I've not even listened to all of this. She wanted. I remember my final answer. Yeah. It was your final answer to too. Claire wanted Irene to be involved in her death. Oh, wow. Like, not in this like mastermind way, but I think that like there's because I kept I watched it back like five times and this movie ended. Girl. She's like calling to her with her eyes. There's like a knowingness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the scene before she like. She's very falls. calm when Skarsgård comes in. Like she's not even yes. like worried. Yeah, yeah. she's not yes. looking at him. Yes. She's looking at Irene. Yeah, that's actually like this like calm, yeah. fierce focus. Yeah. is at Irene. They move towards the wind. Like it's all just very much like this is our dance right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to finish it. Can I just say, because I know... Essentially is how I felt. Sometimes, I, I believe you were on this show with me as well. So, um, obviously, the first time I met Ruth Negger was as Reina on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. She played a villain on that. So, like, I was very kind of, like, happy when she became the villain. In, yeah, in, it was very comfortable. Yeah, because it just seemed so comfortable for her. That. I was like, yeah, I, I buy you as a She's villain. She's so good at it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Irene pushed this woman down. I don't know what we're talking about here. Like, I just like... (laughs) She she almost basically let her die. Like, she did not tell her that her husband knew that she was passing. That's what I mean when she manslaughtered her. She killed her No, no, that would have been manslaughter. Now she was like, oh, you you don't want to die by manslaughter. Now I'm going to actually murder you. I think they were comfortable. I'm taking this to my hands, literally. (laughs) Teamwork makes the dream work is my understanding of what happened. So, okay, my main in universe explanation is the thing about the teacup or the teapot where she's like mm-hmm. okay. I was figuring out how to get rid of it and I just I could just broken it so that is me that's what I believe she did towards you think that's like uh, what she did to, to Claire I think that end? was foreshadowing towards Claire she was like I didn't know how to get rid of you so I broke you that is my fair mm-hmm. I think in many ways it also speaks to like when she runs into 
um, Skarsgård on the street. Yeah. And like, she could have said anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Irene is a smart woman. Yeah. Like, she could have gotten out of that if she wanted to. She stood there as she was staring at him. She said, I'm black. See it in my eyes. She was like, look at me. I'm a Negro. I'm a Negro. See my nigger friends with me as well. Like, Girl, we are niggers. But in that moment, I think is where actually the like part break. I don't think it's literally the scene at the end. It's like where she decides, mm-hmm. I don't want to like keep this woman's secret anymore. And I think it's also because yeah, she's like, oh, well, I can't reach her on the phone so well. And I'm like, yeah, literally. This is like, this is, Urgent news. This is urgent news. You don't yeah. stop at one phone call. Are you crazy? <laughs> Irene, if you wanted to get this information to her, you could like. So I think all that, and she's like, you know, okay, this is it. This is like uh, maybe she did. Which didn't, is why I, I think know. at the end, when like Claire is like staring at, looking intently at her, when like Skarsgård shows up, it's like, oh, all this tension from like the time this evening started. This is what your problem has been like. I feel like Claire could tell that something was up when they were like climbing up the stairs. I think her husband like carries her or something. No, he doesn't carry her. He promises that he can only carry one person, but then they go up the stairs, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think there's like all this tension. Claire can feel the tension as well, mm-hmm. but she's not like quite sure what it is that's going on. And so when the husband shows up, I think she's like, oh, I see. There's only one option for me to die and you're the one I need to help me do it. But why is the option That's to really die, though? Thing. Why is the option to die? Bro, what else is she going to do? Just would not go back home. kill her? No, not go back home. Stay with the black people. The blacks. I don't know for her that, like, she's prepared to accept that experience. You know when um, Claire, she's like, oh, what would you do if this guy finds out? And she's like, well, I'll just come live with right. me in Harlem. Tessa Thompson is not happy about that, girl. She's like, girl, what, what do you think? She doesn't want... Yeah, that's the other thing. She, I think also, in many ways, Claire knows that she cannot have a life as a returnee. Is that what yeah. they're called? Or just like... I don't know if that's oh, yeah, what they're right. called, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm calling her. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. But she wouldn't have a life as that because where would she go? She'd go into Harlem or she'd go to go back to Chicago where she's from. Like, babes. I think she was from Harlem then they moved to Chicago. Then they moved yeah. to Chicago, okay. I understand why, like, death would be her option and honestly this is just like me putting what i want to be the interpretation and the meaning onto the end of the movie she felt she had to die and as much as tessa thompson is like her foil or enemy Mm -hmm. in the movie she's also the closest person that she has and if she needed to kill herself or like she needed help with that tessa would be the one to help speaking about motherhood that's kind of like she just left her her child I go to Swiss boarding school. Just like, I'm going to kill myself. That's tough. It is what it is. So just to rewind quickly, the reason I'm firmly of the camp that's like, her husband was cheating. I think that's the scene, the scene where like, Tessa's brain begins to fracture. You can put it like that. It's that scene outside, right? When Ruth Negger is like, you're not, you're a better person than I. Like, I'll just take whatever I want and I don't care who gets hurt essentially. Mm, I remember that. And I, I was like, yeah. at that point I was like, this, this, she's, she's sleeping with your husband. <laughs> That's what she's trying to tell you, that she's sleeping with her husband. She's, anyway, yeah. she's clearly been looking for a black man since she came back into Harlem. So I'm yelling. I'm yelling. Oh, one question about passing I want to ask you guys, because I couldn't understand it. Why is Irene always sleeping? What's, what's, what's the story there? What, what does that mean? I, I don't get it. Oh, I don't know either. I don't know, but I thought that that was part of her like depression. Oh. That was my understanding of it, that her descent into, yeah... 
Oh, was she depressed like, before? It kept getting worse. Oh, was she sleeping before? Like the the affair thoughts started coming in. It was. She was sleeping before the affair thoughts started, which is why, in many ways, like oh my god, it's one of the first things you Google when you Google why is I oh, really why, why is, is I really sleeping? sleeping What's the answer? What does it say? Hold on. So to finish your thoughts. I feel like independent, and which is why I think as much as passing is about passing and about Claire, it's mm-hmm. also just a like story about Irene. I think mm-hmm. even outside of Irene, outside of Claire and like all the baggage she brings into Irene's life, Irene, in my opinion, was depressed mm. or like just not doing well mentally. And Claire, like, exerc- just the yeah. presence yeah. of Claire exacerbates that. Yeah, I mean, we get the idea that her and her husband have been having this fight about, like, leaving the country. And then there's this mm-hmm. whole, how much we tell our kids about race relations and things like that. So it's, right. her life wasn't, like, rosy as Claire exactly. thought it was, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Hadja, any answer as to why Irene is always sleeping? I'm trying to, the article is so very long. Yeah, I'm never mind, it's fine. A relevant bit, but it's... We'll go research ourselves. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's like, I think that's us talking about. Anyone, anyone have any final thoughts about like... Everyone go watch Passing. Like, you've never seen Tessa Thompson the way she is in Passing. Yeah, she, she, I thought she was like relatively okay in Westworld, but like she's, again, career best performance, really. Okay, so what we're going to do now is that we're going to go to the next segment and we're going to just give you guys some other movies that are directed by women from last year or maybe even the years before. I don't know what's sometime had you have on their list. And then just so you guys can go watch more female directed movies because you want to open your mind and hear other people's points of view. So guys, join us in a second. One of the front runners for this year, actually, in my opinion, it's probably going to be in Best Picture, is a movie directed by a woman, which is, again, why I wanted to do this episode. That's the power of the dog. Obviously, in a, in a couple of weeks, Obi and I are going to talk about power of the dog in more detail. But like, um, Haja, do you have any thoughts on power of the dog? I really is it shit? Is it terrible? It's good. It uses its scenery very, very well. It's very well shot. Yeah, are very, very good. And I think it's a good, good watch. It's a bit of a slow burn, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's definitely worth it. Okay. Um, so have you seen power of the dog? I have not. Yeah. But good to know that you guys like it. I wasn't going to watch it, but. Now I will. I hate. It. I hate when people say that. I hate it so much because I, I feel like. Well, I will. I really wasn't going to watch. No, it. No, no. No. I. As in, when someone is like, I like that you liked it, and I'm going to watch it because I feel like there's so much pressure on my opinion of what I've just said. Because like, you could go and hate it, and I feel <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah, same. I feel that way. I don't know the reasons you liked it, so I'm not going to like. Mm, okay. Be looking for those reasons. I just know that okay, it is. I knew it was a good movie, good yeah. enough that it got like all the like awards buzz that it has, but. Yeah, you I would know. say this though. I liked it, but it's not my favorite movie of the year. Okay. That balances it. Good to know. Oh, um, how could I forget? Fucking Titan. Okay. You should wait, watch it. No, wait. Um. <laughs> okay. So Titan was on my list. Um. Haja. What the fuck is Titan? What? What? what please explain that movie to me. Sometimes have you seen Titan? I have not. I had a feeling you wouldn't have. And Haja, when I watched it, I was like, Haja's probably seen this movie. And I made Ibuka watch this movie because I need to talk about this movie with somebody. This is kind of assignments I give on this podcast. Haja, what is this movie? This movie. Some people do not watch this movie, actually. I just remember. Do not watch this movie. Yeah. Oh my God, really? Yes, because I just remember. I just realized, it, you, yeah, you will not get through 10 minutes of this movie. Why? It's not for your taste. Is it? Is it okay. 
it's it's demented not it's weird i also this movie was one that i had to i had to um it it had elements that were really really hadja and then some of them were like ooh. <laughs> i would say this one if you're if you're looking for if you're someone that likes well, like weird movies or how weird is weird are you talking like shape of water like what no, Shape of Water is just Where monsters. Shape of Water isn't weird. Okay, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put this in in the podcast, but Yeah. Okay, no, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, so if you're someone who likes weird movies or movies that like kind of like push you, go watch this movie. I quite liked it, guys. Sorry. So I can say this without spoiling that it kind of teeters around the kind of horror genre. And as someone who doesn't like horror and as someone who I didn't read anything about this movie going in. I just knew it won the award at Cannes. I knew that people had lots of wild reactions to it, honestly, what it was about. I almost stopped watching this movie probably three different times in the first 30 minutes of this movie. Oh my God. But then I kept on going like, Bankley, you're not, no, you're not a little bitch. You have to watch this movie. You have to finish this movie. Yeah, anyway, so Titan is one of our recommendations. It's um, directed by incredible French female director, Julia Ducanot. Yeah. Um... And it's interesting. It involves cars. It involves cars. I will just. <laughs> it involves cars. A girl gets. So. She has a. She has a. I'm interested now. Actually, you shouldn't have said that because now I actually want to watch it. I want you mm. to watch it. I want as many. I want to watch. I want to talk about this movie with anyone that was willing to talk about it the with me. The movie is uh, a lot. Yeah, I. That's all I would say. One of my one of my favorite reviews of this movie is. Alexia was definitely one of those girls in elementary that wanted braces even though she didn't need them for reasons. <laughs> yeah, now this movie is like, yeah, it's a, anyway, um, okay, so let's... It's a watch. It's it's unforgettable. That's what I love about it. Okay. On my watch list then. I will say Ibuka's exact words when he, he was like, Bankole, thank you for making me watch this movie because now I have an answer when someone asks me what's the weirdest movie you've ever watched. <laughs> so that is like, <laughs> like if you believe, just go watch it. I want to talk about it with anybody. So let's go through our list. That was obviously on my list as well. So like, um, so, to- um, so the first movie, I actually haven't watched it, but I just found out about it and I'm going to watch it. And I think everyone else should watch it too. Um, the movie is Petite Maman. It's a French movie oh by Celine Siama. Okay. And I saw the trailer and oh my god like i am going to watch it Hadja, you've seen it yes that is a high recommendation from me it is a really good one and i love seeing scare she's one of my and i i was gonna even say another one of my favorite female directors movies is portrait of lady on fire mm. um so that's 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 by her as well and she also has this movie um she has she has a short movie i quite love um she just she also has tomboy she's a fantastic director just look into her do you have a quick synopsis of Petite Mama? Um, okay, so basically, okay, I'm going to read what it says on Wikipedia, okay? Yeah. Nelly, an eight-year-old girl, has lost her beloved grandmother and is oh, helping her parents this. clean out her mother's childhood home. One day, her mom abruptly leaves and Nelly meets a girl her age as she's building a tree in the house in the woods. Oh, yeah, so I know, I know what that name sounds I've read that synopsis. I knew that name sounded familiar. Okay, that's cool. That's I nice. saw it while I was watching... It was a trailer before I watched um, The Worst Person in the World. I have thoughts, but let's not get into that. Um, okay. anyway, you guys can talk offline. Anyway, watch Petit Mama. And then the other movie is... Oh, 
yeah, the other movie is Encanto. Technically, it's not female directed, like a woman co directed. Oh, actually, I didn't know that. And That's fine. We'll, we'll put technically, that in. I usually don't recommend Disney animated whatever bullshit. It's not my vibe, but I stumbled on it randomly before it like blew up on the internet and it's actually pretty good the mm. music is great i mean we don't talk about bruno but that's fine coda was directed by a woman oh yeah the apple tv uh movie oh i haven't seen that i have to, i'm yet to i have to watch that before the oscars actually so coda is a heartwarming family drama for the type of person who hates heartwarming family dramas so Sean Hader is the director and the film follows high schooler Ruby and she's the only hearing member of her immediate family and she is growing tired of interpreting for her parents and her brother but is an essential part of their business. Um, she also harbors an interest in singing which her family doesn't really, obviously they can't really vibe with that. Yeah. And it's funny and it's warm and grounded and, you know, there's good performances. So, you know, do that, you know, if you want to. Um, Best picture nominee, Koda. Yeah, exactly. So clearly it's, it's well, hmm. um, I only watched a very few movies recently that were done by women, but I like Sofia Coppola and I really like Marie Antoinette and I really like... Is that your favourite Sofia Coppola movie, Marie Antoinette? Marie Antoinette? Yeah. No, I think it might be Lost in Translation. Lost Translation, yeah, it's fine. Also because I met Bill Murray on the train, so... I feel like, and he and I had a conversation about it, so. Well, really? Yeah, I was coming back um, from... Where was this? In France. He was in France on the train. I mean, I think for sure, of course, why French. not? It was yeah. literally, <laughs> like, a week before French Dispatch was released over oh. here, and he and I had a conversation, um, and he told me how he thinks Timothy Chalamet is so talented and is, like, a rising star and everything. Little Timmy Tim. Yeah. He thinks he was, he was actually reading Timothy's time profile times profile and that's why we were talking about it um he was also telling me how he was just going around um he was dressed very regularly he had like those little you know those sticks that people used to walk on like hills um incredible right and i was like yeah and it was great and we spoke about it and he said that sometimes he feels like that when he's in france the way he felt when he was in lost in translation and i spoke to him but i was on my year abroad it was actually a lovely conversation I, 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 of course you had a boomerang interaction on a train in france oh sure why not okay um my friend was like haji you're the only person that would actually go speak to him i was like yeah of course i'm never gonna see him again so i have to <laughs> my other recommendation from titan was um zola which is directed by janissa bravo and based on the infamous 2015 twitter thread by zola king so it's starring taylor page as zola riley kill nicholas brown mm-hmm. from obviously our cousin greg from succession and again obviously there's another actor that is always great, Coleman Domingo. Mm-hmm. Her. Her. I think it's also in Candyman, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe I said that on your podcast. Um, yeah, Zola <laughs> is, I think it's a good movie. Okay, I'm going to add it to my watch list. I don't think it ever, like, I don't think it matched, as people, people anyone that lived through that Twitter thread, I don't think it matched what the, like, craziness of that Twitter thread. Right. But I think they, they played around, they did some interesting things. A lot of the actors are doing some good work. I'm not saying everyone should, would go out and watch it and it's be their best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth watching and like coming to discuss about it. Like, I want to talk to people that watched Zola. Because I, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think lots of things that happened in that movie that are like, oh, I forgot this even happened in Twitter thread. It's, it's wild. It's structured like a black comedy and it's obviously a wild road trip movie. I liked it. I liked the movie a lot. And yeah. And I think Nicholas Brown is good. Taylor Page is, is going to be a star. 
So yeah. Hajab, do you have any just throw in two more? Because I know you had a longer list, two more recommendations that we'll leave here. Well, I already said one because I said Portrait of Lady on Fire after you recommended Petit Maman. And then again, I'm not gonna give you new things. I think everyone should go watch like an Agnes Vada movie. She's also a French director, she's very, very good. And who else? What else did I watch recently that I really enjoyed? And it was by a woman. I'm also very bad about this. I, I, I just watch what I like. And sadly. I mean, yeah, that's oh, you don't like women. Wow. Yeah, okay. Wow, thank you. Oh, fuck thank off. you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Sorry. I don't want to say because if I said it, it would have been a whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> these are the kind of like anti women thoughts you can get on downtime with Hajar. So. <laughs> you guys are sick. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, on that note. <sighs> to Haja, thank you very much for giving me so much of your time today. So much of our time. So much. Hours and hours. So much of I our actually, time. thank you so much. Yours, mine, ours. I'm leaving that singing in, by the way, so just so you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was good. Um, yes, thank you for talking about passing and The Lost Daughter and recommending some female director movies. Um, maybe Olivia Coleman is going to do it again and win at the Oscars. We don't know. It's, she's a force, apparently. Um, She's fantastic. Yeah. So again, obviously, shout out to my regular co-host Jibs, my producer Ebuka, my social producer Chinedu, and shout out to our listeners and those that came to listen because of Sumto and came to because of Haja. For the rest of you, go to listen to Downtime with Haja podcast. And while you're here, please um, follow us and like and sub- like and subscribe. Jesus Christ! Please follow us and rate and review. And next week, join us because we'll be talking about the Fresh Prince himself, King Richard, Star, Will Smith. And of course, we'll be joined always by the great Donna Kalia. Cannot wait. Bye, guys. Fuck biopics. Okay. Yes, actually, fuck biopics. My Kanye moment. I mean, yeah, biopics are over. It's just too much, is enough. Let me bring my Kanye moment here, right? We need to bring back daring things to movies right let's just i want to let's watch things that are interesting and stylistic and well done like passing and annette yeah sorry be careful don't 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 fall off the soapbox please that's like uh. <laughs> fuck you